back to another edition of the SBK betting podcast where the temperatures are soaring, heat rising to over the 35 degree mark for this weekend. And uh, that is complemented by the the hot action. And uh, very pleased to say that we've got Tom Collins, Ross Miller back with me as always. Tom with the winning stat attack, our new feature. Uh, I'm pleased to see that that's continuing to roll on. Um, So uh, nice one, Tom. More of the same, we hope, this week. Yeah, I hope so. I've got two stat attacks. They'll come at the end of the podcast. But yeah, it was Andrew Baldwin's week last week. Yeah, getting that winner at Chester, soul stopper. Nice to get a winner on the board because otherwise in the feature races, we didn't have the most prolific of weeks, did we? I know, but I must say, I did mention Achilles. Didn't want to put her up. She did come a very good second, and that was part of Andrew Balding's good weekend. So hopefully she'll go one better next next time. Um, our main feature race this week that we're going to dissect is a, always a bit of a lottery. It's for the two-year-olds. It's the Super Sprint Stakes, which takes place at Newbury um, at 3.30. Five furlongs is the trip. This race has been farmed over the years by Richard Hannon, uh, senior and his son as well who won the last year's renewal with Gubbass happy romance the year before and uh it's always you've, you've got to have a, a two-year-old with a bit of class but also there are some hard luck stories in this race as well so it, you've got to get uh, your cut of the your, your cut of the dice really and Ross I didn't think that this was necessarily the best renewal of the race um I found it tricky to work out do you think Richard Hannon holds all the aces this year um, I think he's got chances. Um, I think Miami girl is short enough in the betting for, for what she's achieved. Um, I'd have liked to have seen a dispatch Cuban mistress with a bit more authority last time. Um, but you just have to respect they know how to win, how to win this race. I mean, I think Maria Banwell is going to be hard to, to, to beat. She's clearly very well in at the, the, the way the race is framed. Um, the two I've come down on, uh, Eddie's boy, runs off nine stone two so he would he would be effectively carrying more if it was a, a regular handicap and he's been bang there in, in two good races third at, at royal ascot in the winter castle behind little big bear um and then third in the dragon stakes at sandown behind rocket rodney who i think is a really smart horse and uh, the aforementioned cuban mistress on both occasions his last hundred yards has been a sort of weakest part of the race and i'm just hoping that dropping back onto a a less severe track can just see him perhaps last on a little bit a little bit longer um we mentioned hannon they've got miami girl well she uh beat cuban mistress off off level weights just under two lengths um eddie's boy gave cuban mistress five pound and was just a a, a pound a, a length and a bit behind uh, he gets three pound from from miami girl so i think he's he's overpriced against her then the other one i put up earlier in the week for, for my racing TV, but it was Swift Asset, but he was 20 to 1 at the time. He's now around 6, 7 to 1, so I wouldn't be going near him at that price. But what it has drawn me to is Safari Dream from our, our good friend, the Millmans, um, who actually have mm. broken the stranglehold of, of Fahi and Hannon in, in 2019 with Becky's Hope. And they run Safari Dream. Mm-hmm. Now, he was three lengths behind Swift Asset at Windsor, uh, but he looked far more green than the, the Hannon horse. You know, when he was asked for his effort, he sort of floundered a little bit, carried his head a bit awkwardly. The last 100 yards, the penny looked to drop, and he really closed up to be beaten three lengths. He raced wide, didn't have cover early, at 20 to 1 there or thereabouts. I think he's a big price. He gets a three-pound pull for the three lengths he was beaten. I think of the two, he's got the most improvement in him. He might just lack a bit of speed at a tactical part of the race. But if they go hard early and place pace collapses, which he can do in these races, I think he could just run on through them um, to maybe hit the frame. 
Okay, yeah, the Millman team won this in 2019 with Betty's Hopes. They know how to win this race, sandwiched in between some another Richtown winner in Ginger Nut in 2018. So it's it's interesting, and that reminds me, looking at weights and things, 8.4 for Betty's Hope, 8.5 for Happy's Romance, Gabas 8.10. You've got to go back, TC, I know you, you, love a, you love a stat, you love a thing. You've got to go back to 2015 to have last horse that had an over nine stone. Lutham had nine stone on on his back and Tiggy Wiggy, she had nine one and she, you know, she was something exceptional. There has to be something slightly above average and very classy to win this race with a, with a significant weight, isn't there? Yeah, exactly that. Horses get put into these races based on their uh, on their sales price. So, you know, you get really well-treated horses. And Maria Bramwell, who heads the market, is one of those. Those towards the top of the uh, the weights don't tend to be the fancied horses, interestingly enough. Um, although Tiggy Wiggy was a standout, but she was a very, very classy sprinter. I think Maria Bramwell wins this race. She's been tipped up everywhere already this week, and she's a reasonably short price. She's around three to one at the time of recording. But I think that's fully justified, you know. Uh, Miami Girl's going to take plenty of heat in the market. And this uh, this filly, Maria Bramwell, beat Miami Girl by a length of three quarters at Royal Ascot. Um, she now gets a six-pound pull in the weights as well. I can't see any way that that form's going to be reversed. Prior to that, in the national stakes at Sandown, she beat a horse called Crispy Cat. Well, Crispy Cat would have gone very close in the Norfolk had he not uh, sustained mm. serious trouble in running when the Riddler came right across him. He'd have definitely been second, maybe even won that race. So the form stacks up really nicely. Maria Bramwell's just the horse to be. If you look at just official ratings, take improvement out of the out of the matter at the time being. Obviously, all these horses are going to improve, but it's hard to know how much. Um, just on official figures, she's by far the horse to be and deserves favoritism. She should be shorter than three to one, really. The other horse I'm interested in has also a piece of form that ties in with Rocket Rodney, who Ross has already mentioned. Dare to Hope is the horse, trained by Richard Fahey, who's won this race three times in the last 10 years. Dare to Hope actually beat Rocket Rodney quite com uh, quite easily on debut, actually. It looked a bit green in the early stages, but picked up well and moved away in the closing stages to win decisively by over a length. Now, Rocket Rodney's gone on to better things. Uh, maybe he wasn't ready to, to win that race first time up, but Dare to Hope was. He then had two months off. He came back at Ripon, raced furthest away from the standside rail, which is not ideal. He didn't really handle the undulations at the garden racetrack either. Finished second to a horse that's subsequently disappointed. But I'm willing to put a line through that. I think he's open to plenty of improvement at a double-figure price. He could be the one that challenges Maria Bramwell for victory here. Okay, interesting. I think a lot of confidence behind Maria Bramwell's. As you'd imagine, with an official rating of 100, but 8 stone 11 on the back, you know, don't need to be a rocket scientist to work out that she's very much well in. Okay, I will take you on though with Miami Girl. I think someone needs to, and I think she is a better price. The only thing that's not really in her favor is the weight that's on her back. She'll, she'll have 9.3, so all the stats are against her. But what she did at Newmarket on debut was really, really impressive. And I don't think there was any fluke, but she's the kind of horse that needs a race to be set up right for her. She's quite keen going sort. She's not the easiest. And this race could be ideal for her considering the pace that they'll go. I think Rossa just needs to let everything happen in front of them and come with a bit of a late charge. Yes, she might not have been at her absolute best behind with Cuban Mistress behind her, but that three-runner race wouldn't have been ideal for her. She's uh, she's she definitely, I believe, one of the class class acts in the race. And I think she just will be a better price than Maria Bramwell, who will be over back because... As TC says, everything is going for her. Um, so though that's my main selection for the Hannon team as well, considering their their form in the race is such. The other one is a real 
shot in the dark and that's run CMC for Grant Tua, who I have so much respect for, especially bringing his horses down to the south. Um, he's still running on an excellent run of form. This also will have eight stone eight on, on his back. He overcame a stumble start at Musselburgh last time out to win sort of going away. It wasn't much of a race, um, but uh, the the train actually won it with a horse called Showtime Mahomes last year before coming to this race. Uh, that didn't work out for him. The race was such a muddle last year. Uh, and I just think that this is probably quite a nice horse. It'll be a huge price if he can um, get some extra places. And I just do like... Uh, I do think that that could be just something to nibble at because this race can throw up some good each way prices. Um, so that is the super sprint that will be at 3.30 at Newbury. Um, there is a plenty of racing throughout up and down the country, also in Ireland as well. So this gives us an opportunity to get our naps in. So Ross, where is your nap on Saturday? Uh, my nap. I'm I'm going back to the jumps, Jess. I I, I did. I promise. Oof. Have a couple of naps think... lined up on the flat, and none of them were declared. So I I, I promise I was looking on the flat. Uh, but I've gone to market race in the 241. Uh, the Irish Raider Cirque Royale. Um, I think he's a really smart horse. He absolutely subbed to Hastings uh, last time at Kelso. He was 122 rated. He beat him in easy five lengths. Um, he's only rated 123 now. Ted Hastings has since gone on to absolutely bolt up at Cartmel. Um, this horse loves quick ground. Noel McParlin takes uh, three pound off. He's an amateur, but only in name. He's a very, very competent jockey. Uh, and this horse is a 94 rated flat performer. Um, I think 123 is well within range. I'm surprised he's not favourite at the time of recording. He's second favourite. I think he takes all the beating. I, I think he's a, a, a strong fancy for a nap in the 241 at Market Raisin. Well, I'm not sure how much I agree with this jump racing, uh, with this weather as it is. And it might not even be on considering what we've got, but um, committed to the cause nonetheless, Ross Miller at Market Raisin and TC. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the flat, uh, unsurprisingly. And that is Sense of Power in the 4.31 at Newmarket. I don't know what price he's going to be, probably short, but I think he's the best bet of the day. He was set up for real warm order first time up last year at Kempton. Ran a great race uh, for Charlie after he finished second. Finished against Inside Rail, just a place you do not want to be at Kempton. Got beat by a horse called Lassa Dude, trained by Sir Michael Stout, who's now rated 94. The third time was Blueberry Hill, rated 82. The fourth time was Night Glass, rated 75. Convection was fifth, rated 72. And Distinction was sixth, rated 75. You get a pretty good idea of how good Sense of Power is based on the horses that finished around him. It kind of pitches him, him in at a, a mid-80s rating, and that should be good enough to win this maiden. Charlie Alfie's got a good record at Newmarket. Exceptional record this year, in fact. Um, and I think he's going to be a real tough horse to beat. Sense of power in the 431 at Newmarket. There's a horse that's running um, in the 310 um, at the Curra, which is their big sprint race. And it's fascinating, actually, the Sapphire Stakes, because Equilatra, after his alarmingly unfortunate run in last time at Sandown and Muniest is in there as well after um, her really good run in the King Stan Stakes. But I really like Ger Lyons' horses, Geocentric. Um, another filly, she's really hardy. She's massively unexposed. I've just seen that Colin Keane is actually on um, the uh, the horse of Jack Davidson's Muniesta, so he's gone against this horse, Geocentric. I'm not sure is necessarily in my favour, but... Um, I do think that she's been she's been left fresh. She's a she's a filly with a huge future ahead of her, and I think I like her chances against some of the older horses at the Curra on Saturday. Place plays um, always gives us an opportunity to uh, 
to mention as well how SBK has placed only odds on all races. So we love it. We love a big price. Ross, have you found one? Where is it? Is it over the jump still? Well, it's it's in the the three fourteen at market raising, but let's hope that uh, common sense prevails, and it's the eleven fourteen at market raising. Um, we have that plenty over here in France, where we get racing early in the morning before the sun comes up, and who knows it can happen. So maybe, just maybe, that common sense can prevail in the UK as well. But the horse I like is the twelve year old Peregrine Run. He's the class horse in the race. He was as high as one hundred and fifty five just over a year ago. Um, He's a real honourable horse, wins on the flat, wins over hurdles, wins over fences, loves quick ground. Um, he's been running really well off this mark of 139 in competitive Irish handicaps. And we know that Irish handicaps are more competitive than UK handicaps, let alone summer UK handicaps. Um, he gets to race off the same mark here as he would in Ireland. There's no Irish tax being added. Um, he's a, a decent double figure price. And I think he's more than capable of hitting the frame. Okay, yeah, such an admirable horse, been around for so many seasons at this stage and uh, gives it his all. So that's Peregrine Run, um, two jump selections um, for a nap and a place play. Um, finally, back to Tom. Yeah, I think I'm spending too much time talking to Ross Miller because uh, I'm also going to be looking at the jumps here and the same race as well, the 314 at Market Raisin. I'm going to go for Statuario. The summer plate is a, a great race for each way punting or place punting because there's just so many horses that have a good chance in the field. Wide open market is exactly what you're going to get this year. Statuario is going to be a double figure price for trainer Peter Bowen, who has an excellent record at Market Raisin. Now he's probably got a more fancy runner in the field in Frankie de Burley, but I prefer Statuario. Between October 2020 and June, 2022 they ran this horse 10 times over left hand on left-handed tracks this horse cannot jump on a left-handed track they were doing it obviously for a, well, i'm guessing for a handicap mark because there's no way that horse can win going left-handed he jumps miles out to the right every time just loses considerable ground and momentum yet he still ran well in defeat on a few occasions last time out they finally reverted him to a right-handed track market raising in fact and he ran a really good race finished second to marla's promise he had to switch left and right in the straight wasn't beaten too far and hit the line powerfully. Gets a two-pound turn in the weights with that horse. I think that should be enough to, to reverse the form. I think it's a real-life player in here. You must show plenty at home because when he used to run on the flat, um, he ran in a group three on his second start. He also ran in a grade one um, at Aintree on his first um, season hurdling. So he must show plenty at home. I think he's well handicapped. And the fact that they're now going right-handed makes me want to back Statuario each way in the 314 at market raising. Also, the, uh, the selection of Sean Bowen. I know that Peter Bowen's got two brilliant jockey sons in James and Sean, but the unfancied one at the betting is Sean's choice um, at Statuara and James is on Frankie de Burley. So I don't know what the way that you read that, uh, but Sean is going great guns at the moment. So yeah, the summer plate never to be missed. It's a great race, especially for the Bowen family. Um, so that's uh, the price plays and naps. Um, my uh, price play is going to go with Mr. Wagoo for John Quinn. And Jason Hart, who I'm not sure has got many other rides at the Curra, but I think he's going over full Mr. Wagyu and Mr. Wagyu only in the Scurry Handicap at the Curra uh, on, at 2.35. A horse who is just one of those horses that you can send out to war with. Um, he just turns up everywhere, has been on the go since first race he could run in at Newmarket earlier this season. Um, he obviously won on um, Derby Day, I think it was, um, at, at Epsom. And just a really gutsy performance. And then I think his fourth place effort in the Wokingham was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant effort behind the likes of Jumby and Rohan. And Jumpy, I thought, put in a really fine effort last time out as well. Um, it was a big price that day. 
And um, I think that he just probably was just like slightly too keen to um, this race should set up nicely for him. I like to hope that he might be not get too much shorter than about eight or nine to one. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he's just a, it's just a nice bit of placing from the Quinn team taking him over to Ireland. So yeah, something for everyone, bit of jumps, bit of the Curra, and obviously Newbury um, as well, but plenty of good action and good field sizes to, to get us uh, to get us excited for this weekend. Uh, the stat attack did so well last week. So TC, I'm back to you before we end for something that's got your attention. Yeah, I've got two stat attacks this week, one on the flat, one on the jump, something for everyone, hopefully two winners as well. Um, the first stat attack comes at Newbury and it's trainer Charlie Appleby. He's seven from 15, 47% this season with his runners at the track. He's also got a 22% strike rate in his career with his older horses at Newbury as well. He only has one runner at Newbury on Saturday, and that is Man of Promise in the Group 3 Hackwood Stakes at 2.56. I think he should go well at a decent price. The other stat attack is at Cartmel. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll, you'll know that I love this combination at Cartwell. Jimmy Moffat, Charlotte Jones, they've got a phenomenal record, especially this season with horses they team up with at Cartmel. James Moffat, 8 from 28, 29% with runners uh, at Cartmel this year. £1 level stakes profit of plus £8.50. Charlotte Jones, 8 from 18, 44% with a £1 level stakes profit of £18.50. And a 31% strike rate at the track in her career as a jockey. She rides it better than everyone else. Um, the pair team up have on, on a number of occasions across the card. I think the main horse you need to focus on is a horse called Vocal Duke. He runs in the 229 at Carmel. Maybe he'll go off a nice price and provide the combination with another winner. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any other jockey that really rides at Carmel. There's yeah, she's brilliant. She's absolutely fab fabulous. Um, so a bit of Carmel to add to add into that as well. So um, thank you for that. Uh, let's hope your stat attack keeps rolling on. Um, so that's it for this week's podcast. A real good spin around um, to uh, to find something for for everyone, especially as I said for that feature race for the uh, for the Super Sprint. Um, a reminder that new SBK customers can get thirty pounds in free bets by depositing ten pounds. T's and C's always apply. As ever, as always, we've got plenty of content coming out of our YouTube channel. So make sure to get on and watch what's out, um, what's the most recent updates that are out uh, as well from our ambassadors. And uh, remember that to subscribe, tell all your friends. We'll be back again next week and we are gearing up for Goodwood, a brilliant festival, five days. Uh, real, really means that we've got to the height of the summer. So hopefully we'll be uh, back um, to uh, give you a little bit more after we Fingers crossed, a good weekend this weekend. So thanks to TC and to Ross, and we'll see you next week.